2: to oilers nation radio a member of the nation network of podcasts and delivered by doordash one hour of street hockey talk with dan rick tyler and bag milk starts
3: now is that the first time we've actually got to hear the new intro actually it played is. at the beginning of the podcast did they say I doordash don't... in that one that was a doordash one it was oh so yeah brought to you okay. by doordash okay we're good then we're, yep do you want to play right it one intro. more time here let's just push the button yeah. one more time while we're recording go ahead <laughs>
2: To Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by Doordash. One hour street hockey talk with Dan,
1: Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. That's
3: me. That's <laughs> All right, there we go. As We're you've good. heard as you've heard us say for the last two and a half years, DoorDash. Hello. Get something to eat. Ding dong. Ding dong. I'm Bag Ding Milk dong. here. It's Oilers Nation Radio, episode 157. We've got some Oilers talk coming for you to finish off the week, set you into the weekend. Looking forward to it. As the intro said, Tyler, Dan, Rick, Bag Milk, we're all here. The gang's all here. Tyler, as we do every week, we start with our Sherwood Ford giant question. Follow them on social media, at Sherwood Ford on Twitter, and at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant on Instagram. No Bronco, no Windstar, no Ford Escape or uh, Ford Escort in my parking spot. It is upsetting. Onward and upward. Tyler, what's the giant question of the week? The Sherwood Ford giant, giant
0: question giant. of the giant. week. There's honestly not a lot going on right now. Nothing. We're, we're going back into the memory bank and we're stealing. Oh, well, not stealing. We're, we're building off of a conversation that the Oilers started, which is what is the <laughs> what is your favorite moment? <laughs> thank we you are, to the Oilers for the content. Thank you to
3: the Oilers for coming up with our content. Go ahead, Tyler.
0: What is your favorite Oilers moment that you've been in the building for? That's a short for a giant question.
3: All right. So favorite Oilers moments you've actually seen in attendance with your own eyeballs. Right? Right. I'll start off first. I've got a bunch of them, but this one comes to mind instantly. I was at the game when Smitty got his teeth knocked out, came back. Got the assist for the OT winner in the 2006 playoff run. That's one of them. Uh, another one that I can think of off the top of my head, again from 2006, first round against Detroit. There was a goal by Hemsky that went to a review. And the, while they were doing the review, the entire building started chanting, Manny, 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 for the goaltender. And I loved it. I'll never forget it. It was one of those things where it just kind of like it fills your brain and it didn't stop with all the silver pom-poms. It was just the absolute greatest. There's two off the top of my head. Dan, you're up. What do you got?
2: Well, as a note, that Manny chant, I think ruined the man. He was he was a shell of himself after that playoff series. Yes, he was. And the Edmonton other fans, we can take a little bit of credit for that, sadly. Um my favorite moment, I think comes from when I was real young. We weren't able to go to a lot of games when I was young and and so we got given tickets to a preseason game against the Sharks and in that preseason game and why I think this memory is so cool is because like there's only like 12 people in the world that are going to remember this because there was only like 15 people at the game and then you know back then you didn't televise those games. There was no there was just media recapping it afterwards. So for me it was a preseason game where Igor Ulanov tried to kill a person behind the net. He smashed his stick on the (laughs) on the top of the net and he got an intent to injure penalty and then Hmm. after that jason arnett a young jason arnett i think he may have even been a rookie at that time uh flipped off the entire sharks team when they went off for the second period and i you know i was young enough to not really know what that meant and so i'm flipping off the sharks too and it was uh it was a nice little moment that we all shared all 15 or 20 of us inside of the old coliseum
3: i like that one too and i'm just going to crowbar another one in here tyler before i get to you 2017 playoff run. I decided that I wanted to get something going at Rogers place. If possible with Martin Jones's five hole, I was at a game and all of a sudden, out in the corner i hear just growing from a corner of the building a five-hole chant starting it was something that i wrote on the nation and on social i'm like we need to get a five-hole chant going we need to get a five-hole chant going i was just like beating the drum over and over and over and over again and as it started to grow at roger's place until it eventually made its way through the entire building and everybody was doing a five-hole chant i don't know if i've ever been that proud ever in my (laughs) life about anything ever so there's the third one tyler you're up
0: I got a couple here back in 06. A young Tyler Rumchuk was lucky enough to be at game six of the Stanley Cup final. My dad brought me. Obviously, I was very young. I don't remember the full game front to back, but I do have some pretty good memories from that hockey game of the pom-poms and the streamers flying and all that good stuff and how loud it was. And the other one that I definitely remember every second of was uh, the David day Harnay game and, and how much fun that was with the late tying goal, the big OT winner, the decade of darkness that led up to it and being able to just let out with a big playoff memory like that. Oh, unbelievable. Rick, what do you think?
4: Well, I, in that uh, couple of minutes, I had a had a chance to write some things down. So we'll go back to I've been to almost all the Jersey retirements, um, from cool. Gretz to Mesta, Fear to Curry to Coffee. I was there for Gretzky's uh, retirement ceremony when he drove around in the truck in the back of the truck, and everyone gave him a standing ablation for like thirty minutes. Uh, you go to two thousand six. I was there for Game Three, I believe it was triple overtime, double overtime. They thought they'd scored a goal on the far end. Um, so everybody lost, you know, lost all the energy and all of a sudden, bam, it wasn't a goal half an hour later, whatever the hell it was, we come back and score, um, back in the late nineties. Uh, you guys like the, 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 goalie chance, uh, it all originated with Ed Belfour, and we're talking like not the pregame up, but like the pregame, pregame warmups, uh, is when they let you in at, at, uh, at Rexall and there'd be like 2000 people in there. These guys would be in half their equipment shooting the puck around and they're already getting on the bell for a chance. Uh, Oh seven or 17, nothing really. But the one thing I will say this is Connor's game one. One thing everybody, I think over everybody overlooked is, uh, Connor, Connor's first game. And, uh, I made sure I was there and yeah, I think, you know, I, uh, when it comes to him, you just try and get that as many games as possible. I'm out there.
3: Now that you guys are talking about it, and I've had some time to think about it too, there's just some other ones that were memorable for me, even though maybe nothing specific happened. Like I was at the last game at Rexall Place. That's one I'll remember. That was cool yeah. having everybody come out and you know put their sticks in the air and yeah. do the little round table kind of thing after. That was one. Um, I was at a, uh, a season opener at Rogers Place, and that was the first time I had ever gone to one of those. So that was cool, even though I think the weather's lost. I'm pretty sure but um, that was cool. Is there anything as we're talking, is there any other ones that kind of come to mind? Another one, this is just kind of uh, a nation thing. The first time we packed a bus full of people and made our way down to Calgary to go to the saddle dome for a a nation road trip. That was pretty fun because it was like a group of 50 of us walking into the saddle dome for the first time. And we were all sitting together. And it was just a cool moment. And uh, I mean, our record on nation vacations and nation road trips isn't so good, but the party on the way down is something that is always undefeated. Like Dan just said. Nope.
2: Yeah. For me, uh, you guys brought up the, the good one about opening up being there for the opening night of Rogers place was something absolutely special. I was lucky enough to be a quarter season seat holder that year. And so I got to go to that one, Tyler, that was also you.
0: Uh, yeah, like the last game at Rexall is one that stood out. I was going to take the opportunity to uh, once again remind you that I had a press pass this year. So seeing Conor McGrath 100 100th point <laughs> oh, of the God. season.
3: <laughs> I thought it was
0: being really nice. I'm going to take back my time now.
2: Uh, I got to see, I got to see uh, the Oilers win in overtime thanks to Taylor Hall in Ottawa one time. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's always fun when you get to go to like a random barn and you're not surrounded by 50 fellow Oiler fans and you're just screaming at people. I, I saw a game in Montreal in there like all you can eat zone, which I took partook in quite a bit. Um but uh but I was I had Tabernacle scored yelled at me so many times that night and just people got really people really fired up. I did a Don Cherry bow after we won the game, like people were just fired up. But, but yeah, there's I don't I don't know if there's a would love to hear other people's special memories too. Listeners yep.
3: hitting us up if you listen to this and you got a special memory, just Rexall Place, Rogers Place, uh Sky Reach Center.
2: If we're throwing
4: a hum, if we're throwing a humble brags here, like your rem check was, May as well. Uh, when it comes to that last last Rexall game, yeah, here we go. There is a super <laughs> exclusive party downstairs in the club level that I somehow was able to sneak, well, not sneak down, but uh, I legitimately got down there for that year. So I think I saw a, yeah, a porcelain cookie jar around my place somewhere with the Oilers logo that they were like giving away. I've got wow. some sort of a ticket or something like that it was signed by all the boys. It was a, it was a hell of a time and. Uh, uh, a story I won't forget anytime soon. I know Ramon, I know uh, Jay and Juan were talking. Ramon, to I haven't heard and somebody say, call him that I in know. forever. <laughs> I forgot what names I can call everybody here. So yeah, no, those guys were talking to, to Gregor because they. I told them about it. So they were, they, well, we got to get down there. And Gregor, you know, he's. I have no idea what you're talking about. No idea what you're talking about. Couldn't help him at all. And uh, later on, he definitely knew he was talking about because I saw him down there. <laughs>
3: If you're listening to this Owen radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram, we want to know your favorite Oilers memories that you've seen in person. Roger's place Rexall place a different barn entirely. I'll throw another one out there. First nation vacation to Vegas was pretty cool. Again, they lost the game, but it was just like, that was a, that was an experience. Uh, the towel family won the 51 49 that night. He's trying to sign his.
4: So you allege cause there's no chance you remember that.
3: Well, I mean, I was there in spirit. Uh, the bo- I mean, the body was there, but the lights may not have been on. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I remember just kind of wandering through and Rick's like, oh my God, look at this. Look at the state of this guy. And it's like, we're roommates. Anyway, again, hit us up. How, over about, the, how,
4: about, the, how about the worst moments? I think we can all agree on this one. No, it's about three hours south from here. uh, uh yes. a day in April, a couple of years yes. ago.
3: Yes. Worst moment I've seen ever was Connor, Mark Giordano diving at Connor's legs and him crashing into the net. Awful. Awful.
4: I can hear him screaming from up, up where we were sitting.
3: So uh, thanks for bringing that one up, Rick. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Glad to relive that one. Uh, that's why we get a five-star review from Gondol. G-O-N-D-U-L. Hell of a show, says this review. Love the show, guys. Keep it up. I can't wait for the season start. Go withers, go. I like that. Jesse chimes in with great Oilers podcast. Again, a five-star review. Tyler, even in the dog days of summer, this podcast is always great and worth a listen every single week. Douster says, ask and receive five-star review. This podcast has been a constant go-to for me for the last two years. Best NHL and Oilers talk all around from people like the Nation Den making outlandish predictions to Tyler Uremchuk. Being constantly disappointed in everything that comes out of And then for some reason, I can't see the rest of the review. So whatever you said at the end there, I'm sure it was very insightful. I'll just make it up. So everything that comes out of everyone's mouths, that's what I'm going to guess you said. Did you actually say that? I have no idea. But Tyler is generally disappointed with something that comes out of all of our mouths. So please leave us more reviews. I promise to read them. Here's another one that came in. Drunk on Kool-Aid. This one's from Richard. Boys, I'm at the Kool-Aid fountain, and I'm ready to cannonball in. Love the pod, barring injury. The boys will be pushing for first in the division. Hell We're going to yeah. talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the Connor McDavid of podcasts. Again, you guys came through with the reviews this week. I asked, and you're here for me. This is from Manic, the Connor McDavid of podcasts. This podcast takes away the... Uh, the, this podcast takes away the mostly otherwise hellishly depressing experience that has been an Oilers fan for the last 20 years. Oof. Definitely the Connor McDavid of Oilers podcast released on Friday afternoon. There we go.
0: Um, I got the rest of that, uh, that review. It does say oh, Kylie Uren, Tyler Yam, Taylor Yam, being constantly <laughs> disappointed in everything that comes out of everyone's mouths. If oh, you're that's looking, oh. yeah. Bag milk (laughs) on the money looking for a podcast to suit any and all moods. This is the hockey pod for you. Hashtag vote BM 2021.
3: You should vote for me for stuff. Uh, Prime minister. If you're vote, if you're looking for a write-in vote on the 20th, toss bag milk a vote. You know, I don't have a platform or any experience in government, but you know, I figure I could do a good job with your support.
2: It would be like an inanimate rod episode all over again, though, because, because they would assume that we were trying to elect a, bag of milk and they're just going to have the bag of milk sit in the chair in the middle of the ticker tape parade when they announce that the new president
3: which is according burned. to my covid physique dan it's not the farthest thing off so well hey operation keep it tight is underway there we you shall go see how far we get i i'm not gonna lie to you i crushed a whole bag of doritos yesterday and i regret nothing Flavor? okay uh cool ranch to be specific yes
1: mm-hmm. to
3: be specific thank you uh any final memories from rex or just watching the others that come to mind before we move on everybody's looking around
2: i've definitely Mm -hmm. relived the jets loss that i was at right before the lockout or oh so that very last game game. yeah yeah i definitely (laughs) remember that we had the germans with us and uh it was a great time there was no doom or gloom at all and then and then the world changed
3: Yeah, as soon as the NBA said that they were calling her quits, that was in like the first intermission, if I remember correctly. I was just like, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. here we are, still recording podcasts from home. But soon, soon, soon we'll be back in the studio, maybe, in theory, hopefully. I saw Tyler at the Nation HQ a couple days ago. It's real.
0: It is. We are both still real people. It's true. It is true.
3: All right, so again, if you're listening to this Owen Radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram, I just want to know your favorite Oilers moments that you've seen in person. Uh, Actually, you know what, Tyler? If you could maybe tweet that out and I'll touch back towards the end of the podcast to see if anybody has any answers to a tweet. So hit us up, Owen Radio podcast, if you missed the tweet going out right now. I want to thank, of course, you heard it in the intro. It's Friday night, DoorDash. Hit them up. 25% off and free delivery on your first order when you use nation. What is it? O-N radio DD O-N radio DD. There you go. 25% off and free delivery on your first order. When you use O-N radio DD as your promo code, get yourself something to eat. You can't cook. Don't pretend you can. And if you can take a night off, you worked hard this week. DoorDash. Thank you very much. All right. So Tom Gazzola, handsome Tom, put out a tweet this week, earlier this week, saying, and I quote, Oilers players taking part. McDavid, dry Saddle, Nurse, Nugent, Hopkins, Hyman, Pooley, Harvey, Cassian, Russell, Bouchard, Broberg, Short, Tourist. The boys are back in town. And I'm just wondering if you guys are starting to get more excited as just, there's nothing happening, but the boys are at Rogers' place, and it makes me happy. Unfortunately, no Yamamoto, still waiting. Interesting, though, we're going to talk about PTOs very briefly because Tyler Ennis is skating with the group. He is currently a UFA. Tyler is a PTO everyone kind of person. Maybe Mr. Ennis might fit that bill. But first, the main groups here, the core is all here. Dan, your thoughts on just, I don't know, I'm just excited. The boys are back in town.
2: You know what did it for me was these pictures and these videos that teams are putting out now of the ice getting put in. That's when I start to like, I start to like smell those tweets and I start to feel the tweets and uh, that's when I start to get excited. And so for me, it's, yeah, it's the smell of the building, Tyler. That's uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to smell, smell the, the tweets. stink and the smell of the tweets. Therefore, yeah, you might yes. need to,
3: uh, if you're smelling the tweets, Dan, I encourage you to wash your phone.
2: Well, Hey, it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the flavor. It's sterile and I like the taste. There we go. That's the one I was looking for.
3: Ricky, started to get excited. Boys are back in town. They might be popping into the pint here at some point. Hopefully, fingers crossed.
4: Yeah, it might be coming in soon, yeah. Um, no, I'm excited, man. Everyone's in town. It's time to get going. Uh, camps start, whatever, this couple, couple days from now for, for the young guys. Main camp, I believe, is, what, 10 to two weeks away? Something like that. We're here. We're right. It's, it's the leaves are dropping. You know, it's, it's time. It's, it's sports are back. Hockey's back. Football's here. This is a great time of year. It's tough not to be excited as a sports fan. And I've got big expectations for this team this year. So uh, we couldn't get, we couldn't drop a puck on this season soon enough.
0: Tyler. Yeah. I love seeing it. Uh, the Ennis thing is interesting from like the nerd hockey perspective of like, let's all talk right, about like, it. Let's get nerdy. Yeah. Like if they're bringing in Ennis, I think he's a really interesting PTO candidate for a couple of reasons. One, he's familiar with the system, right? So that would give him a leg up right there than the average PTO candidate coming into training camp, right? Um, On top of that, he's had success with the team at different points in his career. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, The fact he's here and he's still skating with the guys, I think that's a good sign. And also, he can play the left side. And when you look at the way the Oilers' depth chart is lined up right now, you got Hyman, Nuge, Fogle, and then that last spot. And it's Perlini, it's Shore, it's probably Tyler Benson. And then it'll be, I think, competing for that spot in there. Tyler Ennis, if he does end up getting a PTO. So if he is here in camp, I like it. And if he grabs a spot, I mean, he'd have to earn it. But I like his chances to do that almost.
3: I also like the idea of ptoing Tyler Ennis because you can't have too much skill on your depth chart. And, you know, hockey is a bang, bang, crash game. People are going to get hurt eventually. And being able to plug in a skilled guy like Tyler Ennis, provided, of course, they can make the math work. uh, Don't even get me started on salary cap. We've had the salary cap since when, Tyler? 2005? Yeah, around there. I have no idea how the fuck it works outside of just the number of what you can't go over. Like, with... LTIR and what this means for that and how waivers works and all that shit. you think I'd learn this by now, but I, I don't. If you've well, ever printed off a, the CBA... There's a
0: million rules.
3: We once printed so off much the CBA for Cam Lewis when he was running NHL num- NHL numbers, and it is just a hell of a document. I'm pretty sure Cam leafed through it three or four times, and that was the only time he ever looked at it. But it's true. It's true. So if they can make the math work on a PTO like Ennis... I am all in favor of it in the mailbag. A couple of weeks ago, we out talked about PTOs and I'm looking here right now. Jason Demers came up as kind of like a skill or a veteran right-handed defenseman that might fit the PTO bill. Tyler, what do you think about that one? That was Gregor that posted that one in there.
0: So I I agree. Like I I think Demers is a guy who would be an interesting fit here. I think there's still some good hockey left in the tank there. And on the right side of the blue line, you got Barry Bouchard and CC and, unless you want Cuckoo or Russell playing their offside, it makes sense to bring in a veteran righty. But I look at the fact Eric Goodbranson got $2 million on a guaranteed contract from the Calgary Flames, and I kind of sit here and go, I I don't know if Demers is going to be a PTO guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Demers ends up getting a one-year deal from someone before camp even begins. But hey, if there's a chance there, we know he toured here when Milan Lucic was a free agent, so there's a little bit of familiarity there with Demers in the city. Um, I, I'd take a shot at him on a PTO. Absolutely. If it's him and Ennis, I think that's a good kind of veteran duo to bring into camp.
3: Let's look at what the flames did today. You brought it up. Eric good Branson on a one-year deal worth 1.95. Michael stone coming back as well. Tyler, we talked about the, De- the Pacific division last week. Does this make the Calgary flames better?
0: No, I, I think looking back, <laughs> I think looking back to last season, like, <laughs> They lost Mark Giordano, okay. yeah, so they have to replace Mark Giordano, who has had taken a step back i don 't think anyone's arguing that he was getting in his older he's the best of us, but he was still one of their top four defensemen, and to replace him, they got Nikita zadorov, who's not very good. they got Eric Branson, who doesn't skate very well, and yeah, he's tough, but don't see much else there, and Michael Stone, who's a seventh eighth defenseman so um, I saw some flames fan talk Flans talking about this on, uh, mm, on, Flans. on, Flans. Delicious. I, Delightful. Try, I tried to just not dwell on that mistake there and roll through <laughs> it, but I like you guys nope. keeping me accountable Quinn flan, <laughs> I don't think the flames blue line is better. And the addition of good and company don't change my mind on that. Simple as that,
3: Dan, I know you want to talk flames hit us, baby.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like here's a, here's a fan base that's been
2: openly mocking Oilers, for all the decisions that Holland's made this off season, it's, you know, the common thing is it's still Connor and dry and then no one else, which it's not untrue just because those two players are amazing, but thanks for that insight. But yeah, watch your own team because man, like, The signings that they have made have absolutely moved the needle for me and they are heading the right way, in my opinion, which is downwards. That team had scoring issues galore. None of those players are going to help them with that. Maybe Blake Coleman helps you positively, but... You're replacing Mark Giordano with, with spare parts. Where have we heard this movie happen before? It's right here in our hometown. And uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying watching watching the Flames kind of struggle this offseason. They're going to continue. I mean, the scary part is, or the sad part is for the Pacific Division, is that uh, the Flames are probably still like the third or fourth best team in this division. But uh, their team certainly doesn't incite any kind of fear from me.
3: Rick, down the highway, let's talk Flames. What do you what do you see from the Calgary Flames as an outsider slash lifelong weather
1: fan?
4: I said it last year. I think they're broken on the inside, just the way um, you kind of saw them crumble. Uh, last year, when it came to Kachuk, I don't think Goudreau is a leader in terms of a guy who shows up when the, when the chips are down. Monahan's kind of quiet in those situations as well. I think they need a an overhaul from the nucleus and they really haven't done that, so... Good. I don't. I, I don't see them being too much of, of an issue in in terms of, the, of where the Oilers finish this year. So maybe they're, they're a better team today than they were yesterday with uh, with today's signing. But I don't think it moves them up or down the standings at all.
3: And if I remember correctly, uh, Connor McDavid did something to Eric Goodbrandson last year in Ottawa that got him healthy scratch for the following couple of games. So that, no, that, that works wasn't out that. Uh, wasn't that Braden Coburn? Oh, well, it might've been Braden Coburn. Yep. I think you're Mick right. David yep. danced yep. him yep. and then he was yep. on
0: waivers the next
3: morning. Yep. You're right. That's what it was. <laughs> but you know what, Erica Branson, you probably had it coming too, buddy. Uh, just to t- finish up, Tom Gazzola's tweet. There was no Yamamoto in camp. We're not going to talk about Yamamoto. We've done it a bunch, but this is what Ken Holland said about re-signing Kaylor Yamamoto with friend of everyone, Reed Wilkins on 630 Ched, The plan is to get him signed here at some point in time prior to training camp, because ideally I'd like to get into training camp with everybody signed. But at the same time, there's the business aspect of hockey and the deal has to make sense for Kaylor and his agent. It also has to make sense for the Edmonton Oilers. So there's a little update on Yamamoto. One quick
4: thing, though, because I'm assuming he's south of the border. When the contract does get signed, he would have to some sort of length quarantine.
3: No, I have no idea how that works. Uh, If he if he no, if he's double
2: vaccinated, he's all good. He can he just has to have a negative test to arrive here and then he doesn't have to quarantine any further. That's all what right. the rules are today. That could change before camp starts. So, yes, Good you point. could be right.
3: So, it is today, just as a qualifier on Dan's statement, yeah. is September 10th today as we record this. Uh, of course, this is your go-to podcast for all health <laughs> services and medical information. So,
2: just stick with us. Stated.
3: And we will get <laughs> you to wherever you need to be. All right. So, there's your update on Yamamoto. Unfortunate update about Dylan Holloway. Uh, Today, Jim Matheson tweeted after Dylan Holloway's surgery, broken thumb this spring, Oilers hope to be completely repaired for rookie camp next week, but it's iffy. The winger takes part. Doctors will see if his hand is fully healed after looking at some pictures. So not great news for Dylan Holloway. I know a lot of us, myself included, hoping that he would not necessarily grab a job in training camp, but at least push for one. I think that's what I was hoping for most. But hopefully, whatever news comes up with Holloway is not too, too serious. But we'll keep our eye on that as well. Another thing I want to touch on back here in Edmonton, this week we celebrated Rod Phillips' 80th birthday Hall of Fame announcer. We touched on it briefly yesterday on the Real Life podcast. So I'm going to start with Rick and Dan on this one. For me, Rod Phillips was the voice of my childhood before all the weathers games were televised I spent a lot of time working out in the garage with my dad he is a beekeeper it's a hobby so I was making frames hives you name it but I was always Rod Phillips voice it seemed like so there was a lot of moments at least for me where he was he was calling in a weather's game and that's just kind of how I quote unquote saw the game or heard it so his voice meant a lot to me growing up so Dan I'll jump to you what do you think about when I say Rod Phillips
2: well yeah i mean you said it already bag milk for me it's like it's everything right his name his voice shows up in george the rock fights his voice shows up in in, and when he when he was watching a fight he was more excited than anybody could be about that fight it was it was fantastic to listen to um but he was the voice of a dynasty he was the voice of of the gritty you know plucky young edmonton oilers after that into the 90s he was the guy that you 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 would turn on the radio too because half the games weren't televised. So there's a different connection, I think, to radio people than there is now. Uh, I think it's different. And I, and I think that that's a good thing. I think that both of them are great ways to connect with people, but, but for, for, radio guys back then and even you know you think of the hockey night in canada announcers he's right up there with the bob coles of the world for me where it's just you know you hear that voice and it a certain feeling comes over you and and i really you know i hope he lives for another 80 years because it's it's nice to know that he's still around and and that someday you know he may voice a a nation limo add again someday and and we could be excited and happy about that so yeah he's a he's a special person around the weather's organization for me
3: i do have a drop on my phone somewhere of rod phillips saying boo bag milk and it's one of the greatest things that i have rick your thoughts i think, on I, have,
4: I, think I have most of what he did for us actually mr mandrick i think sent them to me so i, oh, I somewhere in my email somewhere i think i could find most of those things oh, uh, the one that stands it. out
0: Sorry, I was just saying that would be great for uh, hot and cold performers. I'll
3: I'll look around. We'll dig around.
4: Yeah, yeah, I know. I definitely have some. Because there was Uh, just when we had him
3: do a bunch of stuff, that was just completely random. So there would just be some hilarious buttons for the bar in there. So we'll look around for sure, Tyler. Anyway, sorry. I think there's.
4: I think there's even one there that talks about Connor's retirement. Like, you're good ahead of everything, man.
3: <laughs> we, we had him say, like, the back. Edmonton Oilers have won the Stanley Cup. Like, we had him do the whole we'll thing. So, anyway, go ahead.
4: <laughs> I think the one that stands out the most to me is the 1997 Todd, Todd Marchand goal. Um, oh, yeah. That game seven goal against Dallas. Uh, you used to be able to pull up the yellow page, which is a phone book that all the phone numbers in there for the young kids. Um, in the back of it, there was a bunch of numbers you could just, and they, they just had things you could listen to and they had um, the call. So I'd sit there and call this thing like 13 times in an afternoon and just listen to Rod call it back and back and back and back. And you can hear like in his little tiny breath he takes, you can hear Glenn they're start to cheer just ahead of him. It's absolutely fantastic. He to me is the GOAT. He, um, personally, he there's no one else out there that I've listened to uh, for Oilers games more uh, there's no one out there I've listened to, in terms of any one team or sport, more than Rod Phillips. Uh, he he is he's the Oilers. He's Gretzky. He's Messier. He's Connor. He's Smith. He's he is the Oilers. Um, yeah, he's he's the greatest of all time. There's not I, there's very little I can say. Like it's he is he is exactly who I've listened to. I would listen to that dude. Read the back of a, a, a you know a, of any type of box out there like. The, his voice, the way he describes the emotions involved, he is the goat, hands down.
3: I used to also love when he would get the others were playing like shit, and he would not let them off the hook for it. He would no, call he called, he called, called
4: them out, he called him
3: out. It's weird to think that he retired now. Eleven, we've had eleven years of Jack now. It weird. I love Jack, and
4: I love, I love Jack. But to think he's been gone for eleven years now, that's that's insane.
3: Tyler, we're finishing off with you, young man. You are the youngster on this here podcast. Hit us up. Uh,
0: I remember being at the game when they retired his number. Um, Obviously, you know, he was a little bit before my time, but I definitely know of the impact he's had on Oilers fans who are a little bit older than me. Um, And yeah, like you said, you never hear anyone, whether it's a fellow media member or a fan or whoever, say a bad thing about Rod Phillips. And I think that speaks a lot to the impact he made uh, throughout his time as the play by play guy and also off the air as well. Like I've never whenever Rod Phillips comes up, a lot of Oilers fans have kind of like you guys do a story of like, oh, man, I met him once and he was such a beauty and then go on and on and on. Right. Um, and, and I think that's just really cool.
2: I was going to say, I have heard an anecdotal story, so I won't say specifics about who told me or whatever, but, uh, he was doing a, an event where, uh, he was, he was paid to show up and he kind of was bearish about showing up at all. Didn't think that anybody was going to really bother to come out to him. It was a couple of years after he'd retired. And, uh, and then they, they, they kind of got him in and he was, he was in the green room hiding away. And then, had him peek out after he said that. And and there's the room is just absolutely stuffed with weather fans, all excited to see him start clapping for him, all the stuff. And, and, and he, he took time with each and every one of those people. So yeah, I've, I've only heard amazing things. I haven't had a chance to meet the man myself, but, uh, but yeah, I agree with you, Tyler. It's, it's, it's a pretty common thing amongst weather fans that there's some kind of bond to uh, Rod Phillips.
3: I could tell a story to say the least, to say the least. So happy 80th birthday, Rod. You're a big part of uh, my childhood growing up, a big part of the reason why I'm a Weathers fan today. So I appreciate everything you ever did for the city and the franchise. Also, I appreciate our friends at Cornerstone Insurance for 90 years and four generations. Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here at Edmonton. If you go to cornerstoneins.ca, again, cornerstoneins.ca, they have got all the products that you could ever hope for for your insurance needs, auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, All of it's right there. And if on the left-hand side of the screen, there's a Citizens of the Nation button, click that and get yourself a discount. Deal? Deal. 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 All right. Moving along here, gentlemen. We are now getting into the time of the year where there's really nothing going on. You know? Nothing going on. As I was looking... So every weekend weathersnation.com. I do a random thoughts article and I just kind of like bounce around the internet and see what kind of hockey stuff people are talking about. And there's not a lot going on anywhere. So what I want to ask you guys is I want to ask you guys just this question is going into the mailbag on Monday, which drama surrounding an offer sheet was better. The Dustin Penner offer sheet that resulted in a barn fight challenge or just the great, yes, Barry Cock and trolling from Carolina to Montreal. Which one's just funnier to you? Obviously, the Oilers were involved in one, not involved in the other. Both entertaining in their own right. Let's just spend a minute talking about offer sheets. They don't happen very often. That's why I like Dan. What do you think?
2: Well, that's my going to be my answer right there. The, the Dustin Penner one was more entertaining for me, but. Uh, and fun to, funny to look back on now too but this kakiyammi aho thing is opening up pandora's box i think to lead to two more offer sheets where it's beneficial for both teams somewhat to, uh, to make a, to make a shift like that. So I'm excited to see more and more of these things happen. I also think it's, it's pretty funny that there's a lot of denial that there was any kind of revenge to this, to this, uh, this whole event and this whole series of events from the Carolina side of things. And they're just like, I don't know what you're talking about when there's a $20 bonus and there's all those things within there that they absolutely did at a high level of petty. And I was here for it all so while i enjoyed the dustin penner one this one opens up a, a new exciting level of of pettiness that we could be uh, in for for the next little bit
3: rick what do you think
4: the better one was the penner one i just like that back. it was more back and forth a little bit where this one was kind of just they kind of threw out the the anvil on them and montreal really had no response to it so it's kind of one-sided and I'll give it, you know, that, that organization has never done a good thing ever. They never will. Um, but so I'm not going to give them any credits. Uh, I will plead the fifth on whether it's whether it's funny or not. I, you know, I don't want to incriminate myself <laughs> here. Um, but I will say this. I do hope it turns around and bites them in the ass for, for till the end of time. Um, if it does open up that Pandora's box like Dan says, I think it'd be hilarious because I think uh, you can have a lot of fun with it. I'm not so sure a lot of the... Uh, front offices are in that type of position yet. They're still a little bit older and conservative. So you won't see that for, you know, another decade or two before you see guys really going back and forth. But uh, it's been entertaining. Um, There's something to talk about and it opens up a lot of, uh, a lot of situations that uh, we've always talked about, but never actually seen. So I think it'll be great for the off season. I just really hope it doesn't turn around and bite us in the ass anytime soon.
3: Tyler finish this off offer sheets, which one's better? Obviously Montreal, in case you've been, you just haven't noticed Montreal did not match. So they get a first and a third for that cock and Miami offer sheet, which one is better penner or the one that's just happened with between Montreal and Carolina.
0: I love the pettiness of the Carolina Montreal one. I think that's very good. I want to see more of that. I'm a fan of a good troll job. Mm. I will side with the raw emotion that came out of the Kevin Lowe, Brian Burke uh, beef. Cause I think that's good. That's they, sports, right? They hated
3: right. each other and they meant it.
0: Yeah. Like they, there was no cheekiness or WWE kind of behind that. Everything it was straight wrestling. up. They were fucking mad. And I, I think that's, I, I think that makes that Penner situation even more unique.
4: How do you oh, think wish- this Carolina thing went down though? Was it just, like, Twitter person at home going, okay, I think it's no. up. Are they in a bit of a chat group? Like, who's in this chat group? I've... Is it the GM and the owner? Was it the owner saying, hey, we got to do – I want to know what exactly it took. Like, how many – Was it? were they all sitting around a boardroom, sitting around a big desk, and, like, sitting there hitting the buttons together? I really want to know how that came together.
2: I, I have a theory that it's, like, a young – young and up and comer in the organization you know they've been hired into an analytics job or something and they're just kind of they're doing their work they're creating spreadsheets about players that they could look at that kind of thing and then somebody sees that there's an offer sheet available there and he's just like hey i'm gonna shoot a message and he shot his shot right to the top and hit the owner's mailbox and the owner was like yes let's do this let's go and then everybody else just facilitated after that
0: well, the reports are that the Habs had talked to the Hurricanes about a trade, or the Hurricanes had reached out to the Habs about Uh-oh. a trade. So I think and yeah. Yemi was on their radar Damn. for a little bit. Um, and I, I, the thing I'll agree with you on there, Dan, is I think this came from the top. I think this was yeah. Dundon kind of saying, Oh, you didn't get him in a trade, fucking hammer him now and make it, make it count, like make him pay. And the funny part about that is I like the Montreal end of this deal. They got yeah. Christian Dvorak. It didn't really it was basically Kakanyemi for Dvorak. And when you consider that,
3: you know, there's rumors Kakanyemi
0: may have wanted out of there anyways, that's a pretty good swap.
3: And the ca- and the cap hit, you know, six point one for Kakanyemi, yes. that's a big ticket.
2: It's only one year, right?
3: But they gotta they'll have to but hundred percent. They'll have to qualify him next yeah. year at the same number. No, because
4: they can take him to arbitration and knock it down like a million one or something like that. Which at the end of the day is only gonna create Ill will yeah. Amongst that'd be the tentative. player in the team, I think. Well, also, talking Yemi at yeah. four
0: point nine mil is still like I don't know, I'm not sold. And it's just it.
3: like, could you imagine after your first year with the team, who knows how it's going to go? Right, where you have to sit then across the board table from like a in the arbitration room and just hear all the things the organization does not like <laughs> about you.
2: I wonder if they, I wonder they if should they should televise may have...
3: those forget following the fucking Leafs around, start televising arbitration here. That's what I want to see.
2: Well, I would imagine in the talks where they offered the offer sheet to him, they probably explored that option of, you know, okay, listen, this is also going to mean something next year where we have to, we have to just agree that, you know, you come down on that number. If it's uh, if you don't, or if you aren't worth $6 million a year, which I don't think yes, Perry connect Emmy thinks that he is either. So.
3: We shall see how this works. We shall see how this works. Gentlemen, I've got a fresh round of rapid fire questions for you. We are doing Ask the Idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza. 11 locations around the city. Buster'sPizza.ca. I'm checking out the menu right now. How's this? Two 12-inch, two-topping pizzas, one garlic cheese stick, one side of wings, and a two-liter pot for $39.99. Go for it. You know you want that in you, Tyler. That's what feeds the temple, homie. BustersPizza.ca. Check it out. So here we are for BustersPizza.ca. It's Ask the Idiots time. Did you miss it? This is where I ask the boys a series of rapid-fire questions to get their takes. And then I'll finish it off with my own first one. I'm starting with Tyler Uremchuk. How often do you think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will play together at even strength this season?
0: Okay. Let me just say, I thought you were going to hit me with like a joke, funny question and be like, how often do they text each other in the off season? And I was like, (laughs) that's where I was going too." Yep. Oh man. I don't, I don't even know. Probably once a day, twice a day. Um, how often will they play with each other? (sighs) Okay. So the third period of the game alone would be 33% of the time. And I'll say that the Oilers are leading in the third period more often than they're not, which means you won't have to play them together. So I will say Connor McDavid and Leon Drysdale will spend, I'll get really specific, 8% of their five-on-five ice time <laughs> this season will come together. 92% will come with them apart.
3: Somebody track that. I, I'm not going to do that. That's too much work. Rick, how often are Connor and Leon together? I'd even strike.
4: That hurt my head, by the way. Yep. Um, You know, they get their one shift after PKs. It's going to be very small, man. If we're throwing percentages, let's go with five percent, just for no other reason.
0: Oh, but Uh, me saying eight major (laughs) headers. Well, you you went. I
4: I just, I just grabbed a number around eight. You actually walked around and tried to figure it out how to get there. Um, Yeah, it's not going to be a lot. I think it'll be in desperate situations, and I don't think we'll be in that situation a lot. At least I hope not. I think the majority of their time will be on the power play.
3: Dan.
2: Uh, so I did the math and meaning I asked my watch the math on that. It's actually Tyler saying six and a half games is what, uh, Leon will play with Connor for if that's 8% of the season, Tyler, is that what you were, that's kind of what you were building off of there. Okay. So that's six and a half games. I'm going to say over that, I am going to say that it's like 13 to 15 games that they, uh, that they end up playing together on the third line, I think that the reality is that this team is going to still be, you know, competing highly offensively with the other teams. And we're going to get into some big, big scoring games, six points, six goals, seven did goals. Did you right say
3: now. on the third line? That's what I think he said too. Yeah. Dan, uh, Dan's did you, did demoting you... Connor and Leon.
2: Yes. No, I, no, I didn't say that. I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry if I did, but no, <laughs> okay, I, I I'm just, just think that the, that I would say 13 to 15 games, they're going to play together on a line that, may be considered the number one line on this team.
3: I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with Dan, probably something like 15 games because with Zach Hyman and Warren Fogle around, I can see Tippett pulling the blender out. And all of a sudden Hyman's with Nuge as is the second line center. Like who cares at the end of the day, they're going to play together, especially if the team needs a goal, you know, it's coming, you know, it's coming and you know what, it's a good time. So relax about it. All right. Second question or uh, yeah. Second question, Dan, I'm starting with you. Can Miko Koskinen prove us wrong? And what is it going to take to do so? Sorry, that's a two-part question. Can Miko Koskin prove us wrong, and what will it take to do so?
2: So proving us wrong, of my opinion, that the book has been written on him eight times and it's a New York Times bestseller. No, I don't think he can prove us wrong. I, I've given him, I've given him a lot of benefit of the doubt. I just think that the reality is sometimes goalies just have things that are too—they're too monumental for them to change. We haven't changed goalie coaches, so I, I don't see it happening. Rick. And then what was the other question? Sorry. What was the other part of that?
3: Well, you said no. So it doesn't, uh, the qualifier okay. doesn't matter? No uh, and Rick, No, can Mika prove us wrong?
4: I guess it depends on what we consider being proved wrong. Like I, can he put up better than last year's numbers? I think he'll be right around last year's numbers. Um, if he can get away from the, all the games he played at the start of the season, his numbers were relatively Okay. There were goals that went in were ugly for sure, don't get me wrong. But the percentages when you look at just the numbers weren't we're the end of the weren't the end of the world. So I think what we can see outside of his 11 or 12 game start last year, whatever his numbers were um after that, I think is what you'll see from him this year.
3: Mr. Jeremiah Chuck can Miko Krop prove improves wrong. Uh,
0: yeah, I think I'll say no as well like he had a bad end of the year last year but there was that stretch in the middle where he and mike smith were a solid duo and you go back to the year before that if both smith and koskinen were healthy they both helped each other and they had decent numbers like in 2019 2020 koskinen had a 917 save percentage so do i think there's an opportunity for him to rebound a little sure but i think it's just going to be a product of him and mike smith kind of just doing what they did the last couple of years they both need to be healthy. They can both help each other split up the workload, but I don't think Nico Koskinen's coming back with a 925 save percentage and like stunning us with what he's going to do this season.
3: Uh, just to wrap it up, I'm going to say no also. I think if Koskinen didn't have the contract he has, he wouldn't be here right now. Moving on. Tyler, I'm starting with you. Did the Oilers make a mistake letting Dominic Cahoon go?
0: Uh, no, they didn't. I, I liked him. I, I probably liked him more than a lot of Oilers fans did. I think him and Dreisaitl had like a good little bit of natural chemistry, but he's not a top six winger in the NHL. And if you want to compete for a cup, that's not a guy who should be getting meaningful minutes with you. Um, Hyman took a spot. One of Nuge or Fogle will have another spot. And, you know, if Ennis is around, he could even be your fill-in guy. Holloway's in the organization. And if he's healthy, he could be taking a spot. So, too many left wingers, too many cooks in the kitchen, not enough top six ice time for a guy like Cahoon. I am a little bit surprised he didn't get another crack somewhere else in the NHL, but I suspect there also might be a little bit of, ah, eh, he, he thought about the one year, two way deal he might have gotten here and said, mm, three year deal in Switzerland sounds good to me.
3: And it looks like also there's an out clause on that contract in case an NHL team come knocking as well. Rick. Make a mistake with Dominic Dominic Cahoon?
4: I don't think so. I think the if you just took him right now and tried to place him into the lineup, uh, or at least into the a mix of guys we have right now, I think he's kind of near
2: the bottom, so not really.
3: Dan finishes off.
2: Yeah, the thing that hurts Dominic is just his left wing ability versus right. If he was on the right, I, I would have time for him still in this organization. But on over the left, though? it just doesn't work. Yeah, Cassian.
0: Over who? Cassian. You got to get rid of him first, though. Oh, absolutely. But Cassian's not a bottom six guy. I would, I would be oh, so okay like with, with a bottom six guy.
2: I would be okay with Cahoon down there on that side over Cassian myself. But that's but then that's you're le- then you're pressure. left
4: with then you're left with Puliarvi, Yamamoto, Arch, Bolden, Cahoon. If Cahoon shot right, so, yep. uh, so I don't know. I think I think you're just a little too small there. I think uh, yeah, maybe. Cass, if 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 Cassian does what we know he can do, he's still a valuable player down there.
3: Somebody book him on cameo and ask if he remembers, if he can knows what he needs to do. All right. Moving along. Which What's your di- answer
2: bag milk. Sorry. Did you say I, no?
3: I'm going to say no. Okay. I like Dominic Cahoon too, but I'm with Tyler. Like if he's not playing in the top six, then I don't think he's got a spot on the team and I don't think he was good enough for the top six. Um, which Pacific division team will surprise you either in a good way or a bad way. You get It is a blogger's choice on this one. Rick, I'm starting with you, which Pacific division team will surprise people either good or bad.
4: Um, well, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say the Oilers. I think the Oilers are going to take the division. I don't think, uh, they're that far behind Vegas. I know we talked about this last week. Um, I don't know if that's a surprise but uh, to, to some, but it'll be the one that makes me the smile the most. So I'll just say that the Oilers come in first in the division.
3: Tyler, which Pacific Division team will surprise people the most, good or bad? Uh,
0: I, I might get just roasted for all for saying this as often as I am if they do ultimately win the division next year. But I'm just going to go back to saying, I've said it probably three times on this podcast, I don't love what Vegas did this offseason. I don't think they're better than they were last season or the year before that they lost flurry they replaced him with persoa nolan patrick's not your answer to a legitimate top 6 centerman i don't love their depth down the middle a lot of their key guys are only getting older i don't think vegas got better in fact i think they got worse and there's a lot of people who think they're going to run away with this division and they might win it they might because i think there this division's a lot tighter than people think but i'll just say that this division's a lot tighter than people think and i don't think vegas is going to win by 20 points or something like that.
3: Dan, which Divi- Pacific division team is going to surprise people, either good or bad? Well,
2: before the Kraken draft, I thought that the Kraken were going to be this, my answer for this. And then I saw them draft a team and I thought, mm, I don't know if they are anymore. But after I've seen all the moves that they've made, it just it does have that Vegas kind of feel to it. I don't think they'll necessarily compete at the same level that Vegas did, but I think that they're gonna surprise a lot of us in where they end up. It might be like a fourth or a fifth, even, but that still to me would be an improvement over what I expect for them right now.
3: and uh, just to wrap it up, I think Calgary will surprise people in a bad way because they suck and I hate them. Thank nice. you. For BustersPizza.ca, we're working through Ask the Idiots. We're going to touch on the Kraken now, Dan. I'm going to come right back to you. Where will the Kraken finish in the division?
2: Yeah, I, I well, there's a there's a serendipitous answer. Um, yeah, I, I think that you could see them. We could see them ahead of. Uh, I could definitely see them ahead of the all of the California teams. Um, maybe LA gets get something going there, but uh, but yeah. So I, I would say four or five probably is my my final answer.
3: Rick, where do the Kraken finish in the Pacific?
4: Ah, uh, they're gonna be—they'll be behind. The, the, they'll be right in the middle. Five. We'll go with five.
0: Tyler. Their blue line is good. Their goaltending's great. Their offense is bad. Um, just kind of lining that up with sort of those key areas with other teams
3: in in the division.
0: I'll say fourth, but it's not enough to get them in the playoffs.
3: I'll uh, just wrap it up. I'll say fifth because of the reasons Tyler just said. I just don't know who scores goals on that team. Uh, next up, again, for busterspizza.ca, we're working through Ask the Idiots. Most punchable face in the NHL in 2021. Tyler. Huh. Most punchable face in the NHL. Matt <laughs> I'm not going to actually jump in. I'm going to tag that with Brady Kachuk. That kid's amazing. I love that kid. Brady Kachuk's hilarious. Uh, Rick, most punchable face in the NHL?
2: I hope it's Cassian.
3: I like that answer. I actually know what? That's a great answer. Dan?
2: Uh, Mine's going to go to the newest Toronto Maple Leaf, Curtis Gabriel. I don't think it's necessarily because his face is punchable so much as I think he will lead the league in fights this year.
3: Yeah, right.
0: Mr. Hockey fights.
2: That's a I good like answer. that
3: from a hockey fights perspective. hockeyfights.com. Dan will have fights up very very soon after they have.
2: Love, love Curtis Gabriel by the way, and everything he does off the ice, especially. Yes.
3: Next up, how many games does Kyle Turris play with the Edmonton Oilers this season, Tyler? He played twenty-seven last year for the record. Huh. <laughs> um, forty-three. Rick, how many games does Turris play with the Oilers this year?
4: Oh, you said 27 last year? Yep. It's going to be less. It'll be like 15, 16 at the most. Dan?
2: Yeah, I'm going to say Connor and Leon will play more games together on a line than tourists will play as an Edmonton Northern. So Ooh, I'm going spicy. to say, yeah, like below 14.
3: I'm going to say Kyle Turris plays 15 games and that's probably because he gets called up to play wing or something for injury, something, something. All right. Last question here. Ask the idiots this week for busters, pizza.ca. How many goals for Ryan McLeod in 2021, 22, Dan?
2: Oh, I, uh, just because it's a, a Dave Tippett team, I'm going to say three.
4: Rick, how many goals for Ryan McLeod? And I hope it's close to 20, but to be realistic, I'm going to
0: go with eight. Tyler, I'll, uh, I'll go prices right style on Rick and say nine. He just misses double digits.
3: I'm going to go prices right on you both and say 10. There you go. <laughs> Ask the idiots for Buster's pizza. Check it out. Yeah. One uh, Check them out. Buster's pizza. Dot. 11 locations in and around Edmonton. Get yourself fed. Get yourself fed. Order some za. Do it. Do it. You know, you want to. Right. Tyler. Of course. Yes. Mm. Tyler's a man who enjoys pizza. Yes. Whenever he gets a chance. And since he's at his home studio, I can ask him to get his buttons ready. It is time for our Deuce Vodka Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. If so you head on over to deucevodka.com, there it is, right at the top of your screen. Brett Kessel holding the bottle. Very handsome, very thirst-quenching. Both of the vodka and bread Kissel. Born in a small town, made for the big time. Second to none is the tagline for Deuce. If you go to deucevodka.com, there's a store located there. Find out where you can purchase a bottle for the weekend, provided that you are of legal drinking age. If you're in Saskatchewan, reach out at sales at deucevodka.com. They will help you. They will help you. Again, deucevodka.com. Get all the details you want and make yourself a cocktail. Maybe a little Caesar Sunday is in order. I, myself, love a Caesar Sunday. Maybe you just want to super be yourself. I'm not suggesting that that's a good idea or a bad idea, but it is a good idea. Promise. Drop a deuce. Drop a deuce, as they say in the commercial. All right. As we do every week, we start off with our veggies. It is time for the Deuce Vodka Cold Performers of the Week. Nation Dan, you are up first. Your Deuce Vodka perform Performer of the Week.
2: Well, mine is going to be an all-CFL highlight reel here between the refereeing and the officiating. And then on top of it, it was just announced this morning that uh, Edmonton Elks offensive lineman Justin Renfrew is being fined because he signed a young player or young fan's hat. Uh, So the CFL, you got to figure this stuff out because... Gord, help you. If a little kid is asking for a signature, you should be finding the player if they don't give that kid the signature because the, this is how you make young fans. This is mm-hmm. how you make super fans of a sport. And so, if and only if the CFL doesn't rescind that, I'm going to try and put together something to pay that fine because that was ridiculous. So, CFL, you are getting my Deuce Vodka
0: Cold Performer of the Week. Oh, where is it? Damn it, I was on the wrong page. I'm on set! <laughs> 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 i held the whole time for you tyler i held
3: uh rick you're next up your juice vodka cold form of the week
4: well i will say i do believe that cfl stuff is kind of dumb i think it's COVID stuff you can't handle yeah and i blood, agree with that which yeah. is dumb because Ellington's got the same thing he signed gloves and got suspended to, or got defined too that's it's stupid um this one, this one came out yesterday, and just super duper unfortunate. And uh, we can only hope they got the best. But I've been watching this dude for, ah, uh, yeah, shit. It's got to be three decades now. Yep, uh, Duchy, De Titian on, on 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 TSN. There, remember him way back on ITV days, uh, mm-hmm.
3: what, sports night. Was that what was called? Something like that. I even remember like from that, the right? old push, pull, and drag commercials.
4: Yeah, he had Perry Salkowski out there with him. Anyways, it was a local. It was kind of like Jay and Dan before Jay and Dan, way, way, way back, and it was just local. Anyways, uh, Dutchie announced yesterday he has cancer. He didn't really get into anymore, or at least I didn't see anything. Uh, he kind of just said that's what he's fighting right now, and he's off TV for a little while. Um, I wish cancer the best in this one because I wouldn't want to fight Dutchie. Dutchie's a big boy, and I I, I think he'll He'll come out of this stronger. Well, he'll come out of this any way you look at it. But uh, it's just sad to see that stuff. So uh, we'll we'll give this one to the whole health situation for Darren Titus. Worst.
3: Tyler, you're next up. Who's your cold from of the week?
0: I am. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit on the lighter side here, but it's the return of the NFL season, and that means the return of fantasy football season. And when faced with my first big roster decision of the year in fantasy football, I looked at my team, said, "All right, Tyler, what was what was the decision? I'm getting it. got I got Tyler Higby, and I got Rob Gronkowski." Okay, you know, Gronk, primetime, Brady and the Bucks. No, Tyler, you picked Higby early. You take Higby. You keep him in your lineup for week one. And that was an awful choice. I don't even care what Tyler Higby does. It was a bad, bad call. So bad fantasy football decisions. You get my cold performer of the week. Are you thrilled? I'm not.
3: I would also like to say that yesterday we started our first nation real life kind of betting and I said, Gronk Anytime TD, thanks for my first prop of the season, buddy. Kaching. Thank nice. you very much. Thank you very, very much. Uh, just wrapping up my Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week are, I'm going to chastise this again, Oilers fans. The other day I wrote uh, a Kool-Aid article at Oilers Nation, how it's going down smooth. It is the time for high hopes and Stanley Cup dreams, and some of you are just ruining it for me. But bag milk, how can you be excited about the forwards when we don't know what's going to happen in net? I don't care. We've got 82 games to worry about the Oilers. We've got 82 games to get upset. Right now, on September 10th, all I care about is Kool-Aid season. I want to get excited for the season. I want to get excited to watch Connor do Connor things. I don't care about the power play right now. I don't care about who's going to play on the PK right now. I don't care how many games Miko Koskinen is going to play right now. We've got a lot of time for that right now. Just let me be, let me just sit in my cloud of happiness. All of you that are trying to rain on Kool-Aid season. You are my cold performers of the week. What the hell is going on? I agree. I agree. Flipping to the ledger. Let's finish off with some positives. Tyler, your first up. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week.
0: I'm sure there's some people listening to this that have already heard my whole spiel and you've probably saw or uh, seen me tweet about it a little bit here Uh, today, Friday. was my last day at TSN 1260 after five years there. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to give my hot performer of the week to everyone on the staff there from Dusty, Eric, uh, Matt, especially Matt Iwanek and Dave Jameson, Hernan Salas, Jason Greger, Jason Strudwick, Connor Halley, everyone who I got a chance to work with in that building as well, like Yukon Jack, Um, It was a fantastic five years and for a youngster coming out of broadcasting school, I could not have asked for a better start to my broadcasting career than working with the group over there. So everyone at TSN 1260, you get
3: my hot performer of the
0: week. The big guy is smoking
3: hot. Pretty disrespectful that you didn't even say goodbye to our listeners in your last day before you move on to a new venture, you know? Yeah. Tyler is leaving. He doesn't want to tell you where he's going. It's rude. It's upsetting. Rick, your next up, Deuce Vodka Hot Form of the Week.
4: Well, I think we have a, a new superstar in this world. It's a one-name superstar, and she goes by the name of Layla. Yeah. Oh, nice. 18, Amazing. now we 19 for three or four days now. Um, Layla, Annie Fernandez. Uh, I don't know if who's been watching the uh, the U.S. Open tennis here, but I've got it on right now, and things aren't really going our way, which is unfortunate. But it's been captivating, man. We've had uh, four, four players, I think, uh, from the round of 32 come down. And if you watch Layla, she's taken down, I think, three pe- three other ladies uh, ranked in the top five. <coughs> and she's just steamrolled her way right to the final. So um, tomorrow afternoon, Saturday, I think it's about 2 o'clock. Uh, yep. I know where I'll be. I'll be on front, in front of a TV watching her hopefully hopefully pull off, uh, off the U.S. Open uh, finals here. So Layla, on she's on def- yeah, she's definitely the hot performer. Put some respect now Tyler, on my name. now
3: Tyler comes go. over the
4: top
2: instead of waiting. You have to wait <laughs> I, for him now. He's just getting. I cramped. thought I timed it better. All right,
3: Dan, you're next yeah. up. Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week.
2: Well, honorable mention to Tyler. Thank you for everything you've done for this podcast yep. and, and everything you've done We're for us, you, Tyler. Buddy. We we will miss you, pal. Uh, my Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week though will not be Tyler. It's mm-hmm. going to go out to the Edmonton Oilers for introducing us to the newest good girl. Of, yeah. the, uh, of the Oilers Dog Club. Flex is now a part of the mix. The Edmonton Oilers have heard your screams and pleas for the last seven, eight, ten years. And uh, they finally have introduced a puppers that I cannot wait to meet when I finally get down to Roger's place again. And uh, so you Oilers and Flex, you are going to be my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week.
3: I like this right here. So sensual. Uh, just, just to wrap this up, Tyler, I'm going to do this one for you on your last episode of Boilers Nation Radio, my hot performer of the week is the Jays. Huh? Yeah. Eight-game winning streak. Just swept the Yankees. They're moving on to the Orioles. They're a half game behind in the wild card. They're looking to close. Big series coming up. Toronto Blue Jays. You know what? Actually, and I'll, I'll tag onto that too. So the Jays, and just this is a great time of year for sports in general. It's when everything starts to kind of ramp up and kick off. And it is the best time of year for sports. The fall that is all of that up from of the week.
4: This last week has been great from the Jays games to the individual tennis, to the men's soccer, yeah. just coming out of the back end of the, the women's uh, world cup of hockey or the world championships of hockey. Um, there's been something going on yet through in an Elks game there. Then we sprinkle in a bit of NFL. We come back tomorrow with another Elks game. Jays all weekend, man. This has been a, this has been a great time to be a sports fan.
3: It's just the best time of year to be a sports fan in general. I love it. Before we go, I want to check back in with our giant question. So just your best moments you've ever seen at an Oilers game live. So i got a couple of people that chimed in here. Steven Fiddler says, game six of the 06 cup finals. have never heard a louder building in my life. Have no memory of what happened after the game. Assuming the the series was declared a tie. Uh, This one's from Hank. Couldn't pick my jaw up off the floor to take a pick when Smith squared off with Cam Talbot. That was a good one to be at. I like that one. Uh, this one's from Logan. When McDavid returned against Columbus and had that amazing end-to-end gino. Oh yeah, never mind. I gave my tickets away, and my buddy Sunshine eleven seventy and brother saw that instead. That is heartbreaking. Gave away the old weekday tickets to Columbus, and he's regretting it ever since. The Sam Squatch. Sam Squatch. I don't know how you say this. Finished work at one, bought tickets, and drove up four and a half hours to see the Oilers clinch a playoff spot in 2017. It was absolutely incredible. Brandon says, season opener, home opener with David scored a hat trick against the Flames. Wonderful way to start a season. Uh, Paul says, Connor McDavid scoring 100th point against Vancouver in 2017. I was also at that game. Uh, This one's from Jason. 1987 in December, Gretzky pots five past the Minnesota Past the Minnesota North Stars in a 10-4 game at Northlands Coliseum. So he was at a five-goal game for Gretzky. Uh, Gino, Gino was at the game in Toronto when McDavid made Morgan Riley look like a pylon, as was Mike Bond. So those are the last two. Two guys were at that game in Toronto when he made Morgan Riley, who was a fine defenseman, I might add, look like a complete schlub. Connor will do that to you. Connor will do that to you again, just before we wrap up. If you got a review on the podcast, hit us up. I want to read them provided that I can see it. If I can't, I'll guess what you said. Tyler will finish it off. That's how it goes. That's the new game we've decided to play. Also next week, if you want to take part and ask the idiots, these are questions that the boys don't know are coming. Okay. So DM them to me directly at Milk on Twitter, or just email me, bagmilk at weathersnation.com. Just put Ask the Idiots. I want to include your questions in there as well for the boys. Again, they don't know what's coming before we see them. And lastly, I want to thank everybody at Sherwood Ford, DoorDash, Cornerstone, Deuce Vodka, Buster's Pizza for making this possible. And most importantly, you, the listener, for welcoming us into your brains every Friday or Saturday or Sunday or whenever you happen to listen to this podcast. For Tyler, Dan, Rick, and myself, This is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 157. Thanks for being here. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out flex.
2: Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow
1: on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.